Father, Lord, we just thank you that you're going to speak today, that you're going to move today. Father, Lord, prepare our hearts to receive from you. Holy Spirit, help. Amen. And not a woman. We don't pray in the name of Brahma. We don't pray to any monotheistic gods unnamed. We pray to the name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus Christ. I am so sick and tired of state-run church being infiltrated into our nation. I'm telling you right now, guys, I might be a little traumatized or shell-shocked or whatever, but the one thing I'm not going to do is lay down and be a coward. Okay? So when I hear a Methodist pastor preaching and, and, and praying and then at the end declaring to Brahma and all the monotheistic gods of this world by every other name in the name and amen and a woman, I know we have hit a breaking point when that's how our Congress is sworn into duty. The 117th Congress is marked by the 117th sin, as far as I'm concerned, and it is a nation that has gone away from God. Our government no longer recognizes God, and there are millions of Christians who are now deceived. I get a message every 30 seconds by somebody who says there's a Christian and says you're so deceived right now. Let me make this really clear up front. I am not a Trumpist. I am not pro-Trump. You, will, you don't see me wearing a Trump flag or a Trump hat or a MAGA or any of that kind of stuff. You can be whatever you want. Your pastor's pro-Jesus. He's pro the kingdom of God. I am not pro-political, although I have an opinion. I have an opinion. It doesn't make me pro-anybody. I worship Jesus and not a man. I worship God and not a government. I stand for God, so everything I'm going to tell you is from the kingdom of God's perspective. Not from my ideological or political perspective. Because let me tell you the, guys, the truth, guys. I'm kind of a libertarian, all right? I'm more of a libertarian than anything else if you want to know my political stance. I don't like either side. And, and here's the truth. None of those people represent me. Not a single one of them. And they don't represent you. I got a lot of good friends that are Democrats, and I got a lot of good friends that are Republicans, and I've never met any politician that lined up with either one of them, to be honest. We handed the government over to godless men. We handed control over to godless men. Why? Because the church stopped raising up godly leaders. I've said it before. The church, his job is to be Samuel's. Samuel was the high priest, and his job was to raise up other priests and kings. He anointed the kings of Israel. It was his job to raise up priests and leaders, and the church decided to no longer be Samuels. And we just raise up priests, and we no longer raise up leaders. And then, what do we want to do? We want to complain and gripe about the state of our union, about the state of the godless leaders we allowed the world to raise up instead of us. Shame on us for complaining about that which we helped to create. There are babies we're complaining about. We birthed them. We allowed this to happen by not encouraging, inspiring, and raising up godly leaders in America and holding our leaders to account. That's what happened. Let me tell you something. I was in D.C. I was there in Washington, D.C. I was standing on the steps of the Capitol. Everything that you saw in the news is not the perspective of what happened there. 
I, I listened to the news and it broke my heart to hear the one-sidedness that's happening out there. That the same news stations that championed the people for storming the Supreme Court when Kavanaugh was uh, 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 put in. The, they stormed the Supreme Court and went inside of it. And they were called heroes. And the other side does the same thing and they're called terrorists. I am not condoning either side. I'm not saying that what happened was the right way. What did we get for it? Nothing. I'm not saying either side is right. What I'm saying is there's an agenda to silence one side. Do as I say, not as I do. And that's what we've turned into. Here's the problem, is that the side that screams the loudest wins. Or how about this? The ones that still have vocal cords win. And they've stripped away the vocal cords of the church. They've begun a systematic attack against the church. I, I want to make this really clear. I was not there protesting. I, I want everyone to understand this. I was not a protester. I was not um, there exercising my rights. Although I want every vote to count. Although I want, personally, as a man of God, I want to make sure that our governmental system is not given to corruption, that there was no voter fraud. I want to know. I want them to have a hearing in front of me so I can make up my own mind. That's all I want. And if the people's will was to elect the Democrat, okay. I'm okay with that. My God's still on the throne. I don't care which way it swings. It swung in my favor. During my lifetime, it swung in my favor and swung against me. I'm not worried about that. What I want to know is that our government is not so corrupt that they would still the will of the people. Oh, they do all kinds of corrupt things. They take money. They do evil things. We know they're corrupt. But when they start stilling the will of the American people, the corruption is now spilled over into our households. And there is a difference. I went to D.C. for two reasons. I went there for two reasons. I went there to pray for the people and for our nation, not to protest. I was there praying with people. I'll show you a clip here in just a second, a video clip of us praying for people. We had a sound system set up near the Washington Monument. That's the big, giant stone tower near the Washington Monument where we were proclaiming the gospel, where we were calling people to repent, where we were saying you need God in the center of this. We know you're mad, but turn to Jesus. We were praying for sick people. We were not a part of the protest. I'm honored to have been there and seen it. I feel privileged to be a part of something as historical as what just happened. Whether or not it was right or wrong, I feel privileged to have eyewitnessed it. I, I, my heart is also broken. My heart is also heavy. And I'm in a little bit of a tunnel. I spent the drive home driving back from Washington, D.C., me and my son, 3 o'clock in the morning. And um, everything got quiet. And up till then, everything was busy. But everything got quiet about 3 o'clock in the morning. We're driving along, and I, I can't hold it in anymore. I'm shouting. I'm yelling. I'm scream praying in the car. I'm coming against the enemy. I'm letting out everything because I realized right then that I had gone through a traumatic experience. 
And that traumatic experience, it, I finally was allowed to process it on that car ride home. And I went, wow, this was significant and it was brutal. I stood on the steps of the, of the Capitol, but let, let, me, let me first, I'm going to correct some, some news media narratives so you know the truth about what really happened that they won't tell you. Okay, and I'm going to tell you who's at fault for it. Okay, I know a lot of you guys have questions. We're not live streaming to Facebook today, so they can't repress this. A lot of you guys have questions about what happened in America. And, and a lot of people around the world will end up watching this video. And I just want to say this to you. What happened here matters to you, no matter what nation you're in. It's going to matter about what happened. We went there to pray for people. First, let me show you that. Let me show you, I think I got a picture and a video clip of us praying for people and what we were doing there. Let's see if we can show that. We were gathered with a group of people on our knees. That's my left shoulder in the bottom left there. You can see my left shoulder. And we were praying with a group of people here um, on the strip that goes straight to the Capitol while the people were uh, pushing back against the police up at the Capitol line. I think I got a couple other, another video. If we can throw that video up. So we stopped and prayed for as many people as we possibly could while we were there. There it is, right there. Do we have any audio for that? Can we unmute the audio? Bottom left. There, you, no, left. There you go. All the way up. Hallelujah, hallelujah. His name is love, hallelujah. His name is glory, hallelujah. His name is Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah, if you love Trump, say amen. I was praying for this gentleman's back. If you love Trump, say amen. If you believe Trump is the winner, say amen. So we were there just praying for people. So different people preached that day. Different people were up there, but we were out praying for people. That's what we were doing. So I'm not protesting. I'm not talking about Trump. I'm praying for people. Do you guys see that? That's what I'm doing. Some people grabbed the microphone and gave little political speeches. Some people got on there and called people to come forward and repent. Everybody did something different, but I was praying for people. That was my objective and my job. And here's the reason, the second reason I went, not just to pray and, and, uh, and document, because I was there to pray and document, but here's the reason I went. Because I've given a lot of prophetic words. I've given a lot of prophetic words that were, had national implications. And I felt that since I have been given and shown prophetic words about our nation and about the season that we're in, that I should be standing there to witness those words on whether or not they come to pass. I should be in the middle. If the Lord gave me a word for it, then I need to put myself in the middle of it. That I need to witness it and be available and be a leader for what I've released. I need to be held accountable to what comes out of my mouth. There were, I'm going to tell you what really happened there. What happened was there was a wonderful speech. Giuliani, Trump, all of them, they got up and they spoke to the crowd. And everyone was happy. Everyone was in a good mood. Everyone was positive. As you saw there, people were walking. They were going from the, the, at that moment, they were going from the moment of the speeches. They were walking from the speech area down to the Capitol building which was maybe a mile away, okay, from the Washington Monument down to the Capitol building, that distance. 
And they were walking down there and people were laughing and joking and smiling and dancing and singing patriotic songs and just having a good time. There was no sense in the air of anybody being angry or frustrated. That was not there. Why? Because leaders were encouraging them. They got something to cheer to and chant. And they marched down to the Capitol building. And there were no voices. There was no stage. There were no PA systems. There was no one in front speaking. There was no one for us to go, woohoo! There was nobody leading. What went wrong at the Capitol building was every political leader and every religious leader abandoned the people they pushed. There wasn't a congressman or senator because they were in the building. But there wasn't a single voice at that Capitol building to hold people's attention. Do you know what happens to frustrated people that feel like they don't have a voice and are just standing shoulder to shoulder with people? They get irritated. They get agitated. Make no qualms about it. Nobody overran barricades at that place. No barricade was overrun. The police let everyone through the barricades because people were complaining they were made to stay too far away. And the police said, okay. And they opened the barricades and let everyone come up to the steps of the Capitol. The rest of my videos, you'll see me. There's four, uh, maybe 10 steps. And the police made a line with no barricades between them to say that you can't go past this point. I guess that's the statement. I can't go past this point. And they made a line. And that's what people came up to. And people were agitated and protesting and shouting and, you know, doing what you do. And when that agitation got too much, the police decided to start pepper spraying and tear gassing the crowd. From my vantage point, from where I stood, I never saw anybody assault the officers. I saw a lot of people tear gassed and pepper sprayed. I saw the officers let people pass metal barricades where the officers were on the side and stand chest to chest with citizens. What do you think was going to happen? The last I heard, the Constitution tells us that we are allowed to peacefully protest. Am I wrong? Is that right? We're allowed to do that, right? If it turns disorderly and turns from, from peace to violence, that is no longer a constitutionally protected uh, 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 gathering. Am I correct? So if it turns violent or if it turns unpeaceful, that becomes an unlawful assembly. Am I right? At that point, the government or the authorities would need to inform the people that it is an unlawful assembly, correct? Yes. To give people the chance to go, oh, I'm not supposed to be here? Let me explain it to you. We saw people pressing into the Capitol, and so we merrily strolled up there with our cameras documenting everything. We said, oh, there's, there's stuff going on up there. We should go up there. And we got up there from here where I'm standing to the front row. That was the police line where I'm standing. And we strolled up there. There was no resistance. There was no storming. There was, we just strolled up there. I can tell you this. There wasn't a single time that I stood at Washington, D.C. Not a single time that a police officer, a government official, anybody in authority got on a bullhorn, a PA system, or anything and said to the people, this is an unlawful assembly. You need to disperse. 
There wasn't a single announcement. None. Those people were standing there because they all believed they had the right to be there and nobody told them they should go home. Not a single voice told them they should go home. Things are not as they seem. I was standing there. In fact, as I was standing there, praying with people that were coming 20 feet away that had been tear gassed and had been pepper sprayed. Why? Because they were pushing against police. That's why they got tear gassed, most of them. Because the first group got tear gassed and then the second group was mad. They were mad. And so they were pushing up against police. Was it patriots? Was it Trump supporters? Yes. Were there Antifa in there? Yes. Both. Who agitated? I don't know. I do know I saw both. And as I was praying for people, they started tear gassing us from 20 feet away. Some of it, not intentional, just caught in the thick of it. But I, I want you to see what I was doing in D.C. I have a video here um, showing what Facebook decided to censor. This is what Facebook censored us for. They're tear gassing all the people out here. Guys, you need to pray for this nation. You got both sides now that are pressing. You, Pay attention you to that black flag. Of, of political parties that are now pressing the government. We need to pray for this nation. There's never been a time for 2 Chronicles 714. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Guys, you need to pray for this nation. You need to pray for this nation right now. This is not this is not a political like gather and say a few things. They're tear gassing and pressing through. Like my eyes are burning. Pepper spray tear gas. They've taken the Congress. They've taken the Congress. You guys need to pray. This is out of control for sure, man. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, play by play. This has been the unfolding of something that's so tension, so building. It's just breaking. I mean, as people just rush through, rush through, I mean, down the barriers, rolling on the ground. The police officers had to retreat. Yeah. This is crazy. People are all helping everyone. God help this country. People get tear gas. People are offering water and support. This is great. But we need to pray as a nation. Pray. So those steps behind me represent the police line. At the top of those steps where that guy was waving that black flag, that was where the police line was. Where all the news media that you see, everything you've seen is that's the police line. So that's how close I was when I made that video. But it was after the police line moved. I can tell you definitively, I'm just trying to tell you the facts. We're going to get into Jesus here in a second. Okay, I'm just trying to tell you what happened so you know from my perspective. Okay, you saw my eyes. I wasn't crying. I was tear gassed at least four times. Derek Gates, who I was there with, was documenting everything. We were filming. You saw the, the, cam the professional camera. That's we, I mean, we were filming. He was labeled press. Um, and he was tear gassed at least 15 times. Uh, Darren, the guy that was standing beside me, Pastor Darren, that's the, the pastor that I go to the church in California a lot. Uh, he threw up multiple times from the tear gas. Like, we got tear gassed quite a bit. Just the people standing back were being tear gassed. My son was tear gassed. There's, there's probably going to be a lot of footage where you hear us get down on the ground, get down on the ground, get down on the ground, and everyone getting down on the ground to avoid the tear gas while we were just standing there. Not once while they tear gassed that crowd did they ever say, this is an unlawful assembly, please disperse or we'll begin to use tear gas. There was never a single order by the police. There was never a single conversation by the police officers that told us to stay back. Nothing. We were just standing there. I was just standing there with a the camera. Bam, tear gas. 
That's what really happened. That's what really happened. And here's the interesting thing. If you look at every picture of the news and you look at the crowd gathered outside, you will see a wall of police at the very top. The police that were down below retreated when they got pushed through. When they were pushed through, they, they retreated to the top. When they finally broke ranks, they didn't run to the top. They didn't push protesters back as they tried to you know, get themselves up the stairs. They went like this. Bam! And they got busted through and the people were coming through and they went like this. And all the police solemnly marched up the stairs with nobody bothering them. Not a single person bothering them. And they were allowed to go upstairs and make a new line at the very top of the Capitol. And at the, after all the news media you saw about people being inside the Capitol and, and storming the Capitol and all that, you will see the police line at the top never left. There were 50 officers at the top of the Capitol building the entire time. How is it that people were raiding the Capitol building while 50 officers were standing outside holding back the crowd? Why didn't those officers go to defend the building? Something was wrong. They'd already taken the Capitol. I mean, it was already up there, and then people were going in some side door somewhere. I don't know why, but those officers stayed at the top. They never went in to help secure Congress and Senate and the vice president. They stayed outside with the crowd, 50 officers. A few feet from the building entrance, they stayed. And I'll tell you this, I'm going to tell you guys the truth so you know what really happened. And then I'm going to talk about what got, what's happening with God. Those pictures you see of the, the woolly mammoth guy with the horns, right? And everyone's wondering, they're Antifa. I watched them go up the stairs where the 50 officers are holding the line. And people are coming down being tear gas and pepper sprayed at the top constantly. I watched them go up. I watched them come down. When they came down, their make, his makeup was perfect and not a single one of them had been tear gassed or pepper sprayed. They were able to go through a line of 50 officers where other people were got shot, tear gassed and pepper sprayed and they were untouched. They didn't have a mark on them. They didn't have a spray on them. They had nothing. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. I can't tell you what happened because I wasn't up there, but something is wrong. And we're hopeful that I or Derek Gates got it on film. And we will expose it. I've been talking all this year about exposure. About exposure is coming for our government and for our church leaders. But let me tell you what happened on the steps because I'm going to explain to you. Because something the next day happened that was powerful. Hope none of you guys are in a hurry this morning because it's not a morning to be in a hurry about. Hmm. And I'm trying to get through this, guys, but I'm like, I'm, I'm angry, I'm hurt, I'm grieved, my heart is heavy. There, I'll tell you what, guys. <laughs> There's a lion inside of me and he wants to roar right now. I stood on those Capitol steps and I, and I wish that I had more of a national platform where I could have gone in front of those people and say, hey guys, this is not the way. We're not gonna get anywhere with this. We need to stop and pray. We need to stop and pray. The news media needs to cover us gathering at the Capitol, storming this thing, taking the police line, whatever, and then our objective was to pray. If they show that, they can't say anything. If they see us pray and start to pray and, and sing songs to God, 
and rededicate this building to God and say that we will no longer allow a godless government to rule it, but we will come here to gather and pray and no amount of security will stop us from praying on our steps of, of, of the people's house. If I could have turned that narrative, that's what I wanted to, but I couldn't get anyone's attention. I couldn't listen. I'm not a Lance Wall now. I'm not one of the pastors that went and spoke at the other 50 events in D.C., in Washington, D.C., protesting. I didn't get to, I, I wasn't offered to speak at the Jericho March where they all gathered and prayed. I wasn't one of the ones that got invited onto Sid Roth to give my prophetic word about the nation. And let me tell you this. If you have not heard my word that I released in this church from this stage, from this spot on November 1st, it was everything that happened on the 6th of January. I said it was going to happen, and I went there to hold myself accountable to the words I released. I was accountable to it. You know who wasn't accountable to it? The rest of them. I'm going to say this because some of these people are my friends and yours. Some of these people are my friends. There wasn't a single political voice that was at all those other rallies telling people, don't give up hope, keep fighting. There wasn't a single pastoral voice that was all that of those other rallies saying, don't give up, keep fighting at the front where I was. They were off having their own little events, staying out of harm's way. There wasn't a single one of them willing to put themselves where their mouth was. They all declared things. They all told people, this is what I see prophetically in the spirit. They all riled people up to say, don't give up hope. 11th hour is coming. The Red Sea is going to part. Come on, press. And then at the very front, there was no leader. And where there is no leadership, chaos ensues. There was nobody there and everyone just, you could see everyone going, what are we doing? What's happening? What's going on? Nobody knew. There was no speech. There was nobody leading. There wasn't a single one of those men of God and women of God that said, I have a word and we need to stand on it that was standing on it that day. And they left those people on their own. And the church needs to be accountable for the prophetic words they release out of their mouths. There were people gathered there, hundreds of thousands of people there, some of them there because prophets spoke words and said that they would have a victory and have a win. And they were not there to lead those people or to calm them down or to give any type of direction. They led them there and left them there. That's the truth. That's the truth. And I tried as hard as I could to take control of it. But I don't have a big enough name. Not everyone there knows me. I couldn't. So all I could do was document and pray. But I took the tear gas. My son took the tear gas. Eli took the tear gas. He was a champ. He would have walked up there and said, Pepper, play me, please. It'll make a great video. <laughs> he was all over it. He's like, that burns. Cool. <laughs> I was kind of too. Okay. <laughs> Look, guys, I make a lot of statement about crossing your chicken line. I, I, I make statements about crossing your chicken line. I, cro I stood up to what I say to you. I was unafraid to stand in the heat of it and pray for people. 
And some of us are scared to tell the Walmart checkout lady, God bless you. How are we going to get this nation back when we're scared to tell people God loves you? If you are afraid to simply share the love of God with people, then just give up this nation. It's done. It's over. And just surrender it to a godless world. Someone says, our, our society, I saw someone post, our, I'll comment on mine, our society would be so much better without religion. We would be so much more advanced. We would have flying cars and the whole lot if we could just get rid of religion and just be a society without religion. And I wrote back and I said, hey, it just so turns out you don't have to hope and wish for that, but there are nations on earth that are atheist, atheist nations that refuse to have religion and you can move there now. China... Vietnam, North Korea, Cuba, Venezuela. Those are all countries that are officially atheists. And you can move there now. If you want to know what it looks like to have a, a, a government that is an atheist government, there are five great examples you can look to. Those are what they look like. Make no mistake. We're not in a fight just for our faith. We're in a fight for a country to protect our people and the brothers and sisters that live beside you and your neighbors that don't share your faith. So we, so let me tell you how the protest ended because they don't want to tell you that either. They'd taken the building and everyone's like, what do we do now? I don't know. So they just stood there, doing anything, sitting there, waving flags, singing songs. Nobody was doing anything. Everyone was being polite. Oh, excuse me. Let me let you through. Can I get through? Oh, yes, please come through. Like everyone had manners. All of a sudden, I see people move out of the way. What's going on? Trash bags. And 50 people came and started filling up dozens of trash bags. And I filmed it. Look at them. They're cleaning up the Capitol. They're cleaning it up. And, they, and people are going, that's right. We don't burn down our house. We clean it up. This is our house. Dozens and dozens of trash bags of all that trash. If you look at my videos, you'll see trash was not left. When we left, they scooped it all up and filled up trash bags. They won't show you that. The violent mobsters who cleaned up the Capitol. <laughs> they won't show you that. Then all of a sudden, the president released a video, which by the way, all of social media banned is dangerous. Twitter and Facebook and all of them censored. What happened? We can't let the president's words go out. What were his words? Guys, I love you. Be peaceful and go home. We can't let that get out. This is dangerous rhetoric. They wanted us to stay there. They wanted us to have the National Guard have to pull everyone out of there. They wanted it to escalate. They told those police... There were more police in the morning and the police were leaving. We're like, where are you going? They're like, oh, they've ordered us to, to leave. They, they sent half, home, uh, uh, half the police officers home, told them to leave. As people were marching down to the Capitol, half the police were told to leave. They didn't want them there. They wanted us to stay. Not a single officer gave a lawful order to disperse. So the dangerous video that social media instantly started pulling down when it first came up, people that had bullhorns took their bullhorns and played the video. And we heard 
all around us, we heard the videos going off of the president saying, thank you guys, I love you, please go home peacefully. They're calling the guard on you, like go home. And everyone went like this. Oh. And they left. The only ones that didn't start moving forward were the ones picking up the trash. And everyone began to leave. As soon as they heard the president give a lawful order, please go home peacefully. Okay. And they left. That's what caused the crowd to leave. That's what happened. And the media doesn't want to show you that these people had no intention of continuing to do any harm. I'm not saying that everything done there was right. I'm not condoning any of the uh, breaking-ins or any of that kind. I'm not, I'm not condoning anything. I was not there, and I can't stop it. I was praying for people. I was praying for our nation. I was trying to calm people down. So I don't know what happened around the corner, but I find it really hard to believe that there were still, well, they were saying, we took the Capitol, people were inside, a woman got shot. All of that was happening. There were still 50 officers in front of us at the top. And they're just standing there. Something's wrong. They wanted a narrative. So let me tell you what's happening right now in our country. I don't care what your political belief system is. And if you've been at my church long enough, you know in the last four years, I have never talked politics except for this past couple months. I've never spoken about politics. And people come up to me, I'm like, nope, I'm a pastor. I'm about the kingdom of God. But when the kingdom of darkness has run into a political system, I might have to call out that political system to pull out that devil. And so that's where we're at. A demonically controlled government. Because let me tell you what happened. Joe Biden gets the elector votes. And within hours, Iran is threatening us. China is threatening us. North Korea is threatening us. As soon as they knew that Donald Trump was not going to be president anymore, they started threatening us. If Donald Trump was a problem, they would have said, fine, finally we can have some peace. Maybe we can reason with this Joe guy. But they instantly started threatening us. Within hours after he's elected, they censor and ban him from social media across. Every social media account, Facebook, Twitter, all of them, they take him off and ban him. They ban him from the President of the United States official page that has nothing to do with Donald. It has to do with every sitting president. They banned him from that. They turned it off. We we're living in a world where tech companies have more power than the President of the United States. We're living in a world that is called the definition of fascism. Fascism is when the government is in cahoots with the, with the corporations to keep you repressed. Amen. That's what happened in Nazi Germany. That's what led to six million of my grandpas and grandpas that were murdered. That's what we just saw. Within hours, they were kicking off conservatives' voices. They were kicking off pastoral voices off of Facebook and Twitter. They pulled down my video, the one you just saw. That was the one they said goes against their community standards. They're gassing people. people both sides are pushing each other. We need to pray. We need to pray. That's the one they took down and said goes against community standards. If you do it again, we will unpublish your page. So everyone starts going on to the social media network parlor because it's a free speech alternative. What happens? Google and Apple. Apple threatens, Google does it, takes them off their Play Store, takes them off the downloadable app store and bans them as being dangerous 
Free speech is dangerous now. Free speech is dangerous. That's what they say. We can't just allow anybody to talk. So they ban them unless they censor people with draconian rules of censorship according to their standard. Now, mind you, if you go on Twitter or Facebook, you will find every hateful thing the other side has said. People should protest. There's no reason why protests should be peaceful. I don't know why people aren't uprising in the streets. All of that was said by the other side. Standing there with buildings burning behind them and all of those accounts. We, uh, Donald Trump needs to be shot. That account is still up. Those accounts are still be up. Let me explain this to you. Your voice as a Christian is being taken. Now you might say, Pastor, you're just talking about conservatives. I'm calling for prayer and they're banning what I say. They're pulling it down. Other pastors called for prayer and their accounts were closed. They've suppressed it. My account's still open, but it's reaching like a tenth of what it did two days ago. Normally I get a thousand likes on a post. I called for prayer. I got like 23 in a day. Normally it's a thousand. So they've stopped me from being able to be seen. They've stopped the message from going out. Within 24 hours of Joe Biden being certified in Congress, they started stealing the voice of the opposition. What does that sound like to you, ladies and gentlemen? That's communism. Let me make no mistake about this. God does not need a president on the left or right to bring revival. God does not need Donald Trump to be president or Joe Biden to be president for revival to happen in America. Revival is going to come to America regardless of who sits in the office or what government is in control. But let me tell you this. There is a big difference between revival hiding in house churches like China and standing out in the open in church like this in America. Our election has a consequence. We are going to have revival. It just may be in house churches hiding. Because they're silencing the enemy. We're the enemy. Christianity is the enemy. Conservatism is the enemy. To, to say that we want to be able to live our faith out loud. I'm, I'm not mad because Congress had somebody of another faith pray in the Capitol building. A lot of people criticize my commentary on the amen and a woman because I didn't focus on the fact he was praying to Brahma, which is a Hindu God. Well, if a Hindu wants to come in and pray, I don't have a problem with that. I don't. Do I agree with his prayer? No. Do I agree that he has a right to practice his faith? Yes. If a Muslim wants to come in and pray, by all means, brother, pray. Do you, you want me to pray with you? No. But pray ahead. Here's the thing. I want to be able to pray to Jesus, and I don't want him to tell me I can't. Does he have to pray with me? No. Sure doesn't. So I don't have a problem that somebody got up and prayed to another God. That's not my issue. My issue when a Methodist pastor gets up there and prays to Brahma, a Hindu deity, and every other monotheistic that's known by all other names, and amen and a woman that has so little regard for the word amen, which means let it be so. Let it be so. It has nothing, it's not amen, it's amen. It's a Hebrew word that means let it be so that has so much ignorance and contempt for our God. 
Make no mistake. In the Bible is very clear. If you go through story after story after story of when a nation was brought to revival and when a nation was bought, brought to destruction, it always happened the same way. If the nation's people turned away from God, but the king was godly, God gave them a break. Then if the nation's king turned against God, but the people were godly, God gave them a break. But every time the nation of Israel's king turned against God and the people began to worship false God, God brought destruction on the house. So we're at that moment. We're at a moment where our king has become godless. Our government is godless. And if the people don't turn towards God, we abandon this nation and the blessing on it. I said it last month, December 18th was the day that 400 years ago, we got off the boat at Plymouth Rock. In November, I believe it was the 13th, it could have been the 11th. November, we signed the Mayflower Compact, the first covenant between the people of America and God. We signed the Mayflower Covenant 400 years ago. Our constitution was built on it. It was a covenant between the people that were landing and God, and it expired in November. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? 400 years is a significant time frame according to the Bible. The worst moments we went through lasted 400 years. 400 years in Egypt. 400 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament. 400 years. We've expired that covenant and we need to renew it. We need to cry out to God. God needs to be the forefront of what we're doing. I was inspired by the moments that happened at the Capitol and what I saw. I was disheartened. But let me tell you what. The lamb went away and the lion came out of me. The next day, I'm going to tell you the story and I'm going to show you this video. Maybe some of you have seen it. But I'm going to narrate it for you a little bit. I'm just going to show a piece of it. The next day we went to the state's capital. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, we went down to the capital and we went to the Lincoln Mo Memorial. We went to the Lincoln Memorial and it was totally open. I want to make this very, very clear. There was one officer, maybe two. It was totally open to the public. People were coming in, taking pictures. In fact, I want to show the picture real quick of Derek and his family. Derek Gates was in the capital. He was waiting on us to find a parking spot. So he got there right before us. He went in there. You see, it's open. They're just hanging out. They pulled out their flags to take a family photo. When they did this, an officer came up to his wife, grabbed her by the arm, yanked the flag out of her hand and said, you can't have that, and assaulted her. And then proceeded to push everyone out of the Lincoln Monument at that moment and were screaming and yelling that she pepper sprayed the officer. By the way, there's tons of cameras inside and all of it was caught on film. So Derek's going to be rich. So I'm going to ask him to tithe. We'll see what happens. <laughs> okay. So they blockaded off the Lincoln Memorial. Me and Eli came walking up to it right after this happened. Derek's fuming. His wife is fuming fuming. They've touched her. They pushed her. They pushed everyone out of the monument. And now we have 35 cops standoff standing on the Lincoln Monument, the Lincoln Memorial, and the people with a gate. 
And the pe- when I get there, people are mad. They're yelling across the gate. Like it had just all happened within minutes. And I get there and it's escalating quickly. People are getting more and more mad. They're asking the officers to have a conversation. Please send down your captain so we can talk to him about what happened. They're not doing anything. They won't say a word. They're just standing there. And I remember what happened the day before. So I took over the situation. There was one guy with a bullhorn. He was yelling, you know, protesty things at the cop. And I said, shut up. And there was a girl that came over there while he was talking on the bullhorn. And she started shouting. And I grabbed her by the backpack and pulled her back and said, shut up. One voice, one time, or this is going to get bad. Be quiet. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. I just got upset. Okay, okay. And so I went over to the guy with a bullhorn, and I said, you say what I say. Understand? Uh, okay. I said, you tell them we are not protesters. We are not protesters. And I'm paraphrasing the video. You can see it all. You tell him, please give us a lawful order that we can obey. We will give you this bullhorn. Please give us a lawful order and we will obey it. Please let us know what's going on. We just want to know what's happening. And he repeated all that and the officers were like, but none of them. They wouldn't say a word. Please come down and just let us know what's happening. We will obey any lawful order you give, sir. We are patriots. And you could see the cops were like, well, this isn't what we thought was going to happen. So I had the, 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 uh, the other guy said, Let, let's sing. So gave him the microphone. He began to sing Amazing Grace. And you're going to see that. He began to sing Amazing Grace. And the officer came down to talk with one of the guys. Now that guy ended up cussing a whole bunch. Uh, and then my entire feed filled up with, how dare this pastor cuss? And I'm like, I'm not, th- that's, mm. I was not cussing. It was just some bum who had to take the mic away from him. Like, dude, <laughs> he was just repeating what the officer said. The officer told it to him. So he gave him the mic so he could repeat what the officer said. And he starts cussing up a storm. Okay. So I apologize. I'll try not to show that piece here in church. If, if you guys are so offended by that, then maybe this conversation today is not good for you. I'm just saying, maybe go hide in your basement or something until this is all over, okay? So I'm going to play just this little clip. I want you to see what happened at the Washington, uh, excuse me, at the Lincoln Memorial that day. Play it, uh, put that video on from about 7 minutes and 30 seconds on if you can do that. So I'll give you a second. About 7 minutes and 30 seconds on, uh, that'll show it, the part that I want to show, just for time's sake. You guys can watch this whole thing on my Facebook for now, Okay? For now, we have a Rumble account now on Rumble, which is like YouTube. So we have our YouTube still. We have a Rumble account. We have a Parlor. I suggest you get on Parlor tonight if you're not on Parlor, because your social media will begin to be censored. If you post Christian content, you will see it. What you will see right away is that it will not be show. You'll wonder why nobody's liking your posts anymore. They just don't like your Christian content. No, Facebook is not showing it. They may not outright ban you, but they're going to pull down your logarithms so that it doesn't show up in people's news feeds. That's the first part of censoring because they don't want, they don't want to be seen as coming against Christianity today. They're just going to do that slowly, but they came against the opposition quickly. I thought this was going to take months. I did not know it was going to take 24 hours for them to start shutting everything down. 
Amazon has threatened Parler to pull all their servers at midnight. So Parler may go down for a couple of days. Uh, Parler is just an alternative social media, if you don't know what that is, like Twitter, okay? But it's free speech. Um, I get more shares on Parler than I do on Facebook now. Can we get that up? Okay. All right, no problem. I want to show you what happened at the Lincoln Memorial. But, but I, I don't want to... I don't want to say anything about it until after you've seen the video so you see what happened. But I'm telling you, you're going to see some beauty and some hope because I know everything I've just said sounds really hopeless. I understand that what I'm saying today sounds like we're in for a fight, but make no mistake about it, we are. And we can't be cowards, right? And, what, and look, before anybody accuses me of, of talking violence, we're not talking about physical fighting yet. Although I will tell you this, are you guys aware of this? About 7.30, are, are you aware of this? that you can't buy bullets in America right now? Yes. That the shelves are barren? I went into Academy to get some, some uh, ammunition because I'm like, oh my gosh, you're probably going to have a run on ammunition. I should probably go get some handgun stuff because I ran out. And I went in there and I'm like, where's all your ammunition? You guys got it locked up? They said, ammunition, that's funny. And I said, where's it all at? We don't have any. Well, how long has that been going on? Six months. Remember the 22s disappeared for a long time? But everything else was there. Now there's none, nothing, none, zero. You tell me what the, tell me if that's not an indicator of what citizens are thinking right now. You want to know what's on the minds of people? You don't send a poll. You go check to see if there's bullets in the store. There are no bullets in the store. This is, I'm not playing. I'm not advocating anything. I'm just reporting to you. There are no bullets in the stores. America is a big place with a lot of stores and a lot of bullets, and there are none. How many bullets are in the hands of citizens thinking they're going to need to use them soon? I'm not saying we do or don't. That's not what I'm saying from this pulpit. Please don't mishear me. I'm saying they do. I'm saying that I prophesied that I saw a clash of light and darkness, that I saw battle happening in the streets. I saw it. And there are no bullets on the shelf. I have pro everything I have prophesied from this pulpit has come to pass. Have I missed any of them? Does anybody know of anything I missed? I'll repent right now. Something's stirring very bad. And the words I said are not done. We need to be prepared for that. I've been saying for a year, I've been running on people out of this church and saying, if you want a happy-go-lucky Sunday morning church experience where you're encouraged and go home and have a great week at work, this is not the church. Because what's coming is going to be bad. And what's coming, you need to be prepared for. There are a lot of people that the second the electricity gets turned off will die. Because they don't know how to survive. Right? There's nothing wrong with storing up food and prepping. Okay? So you, you might call those crazy people. But the, the truth is, is that we don't know how to take care of ourselves. We don't know how to take care of ourselves. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for my God is with me. Most of us are not prepared for any valleys or shadows or death. We have no clue what it looks like to walk through a valley of the shadow of death. Most Americans' version of the shadow of the valley of death is, oh my gosh, they messed up my latte. I asked for a caramel macchiato, and this is clearly mocha. What do you have to do to not be persecuted? I feel like they just did it because they hate me. Tell me I'm wrong. 
Come on, tell me how many Christians have gone out and you left church, you left church, you went out to eat, and then you felt bad because they messed up your order and you were a bit of a about it. I didn't say it. You were a bit of a about it. They messed up my order. Oh, I'm so frustrated. If that kind of stuff is what frustrates us, what are we going to do when there's real things? What are you going to do when you're standing in a situation where people are screaming and yelling and 35 police officers are ready to, to defend the Lincoln Memorial against a crowd of unruly citizens who are upset and you're standing in the middle of that crowd? What are you going to do? Complain they got the order wrong? See, there were people yelling and screaming. There was one dumb kid that tried to climb over the barricade and people yanked him back over and said, what are you doing? Stop. We are not trying to escalate it. How many of you guys know if we let that dumb kid go over that wall and run towards those cops, all H-E double hockey sticks would have broke out? Right? We, you would have seen it on the news, another kid gets shot. You would have seen it all over the news. You know why you haven't seen it on the news? You know why you haven't seen this clip on the news? Because it doesn't fit the narrative. Watch. Let's watch. Are we at 7.30? I want you to see the cops up top. You see them? Don't worry about what I'm saying. You can go watch all this without my commentary. So those cops are wall So as far as the Lincoln Memorial is, there's 35 officers. Someone counted. Audio's unsynced. It's okay. There's no way you could even. It was families. There was little kids using our flag. Little kids. And they came up and did that. And you shut down the whole memorial. Yeah. Notice he's wearing an imposter, not today, Satan shirt. I'm like pleading with them. Guys, why didn't you. So you see the officers at the top, right? You know, I'm sorry, you guys probably don't know this, but we don't allow flags in here. I would have gladly put it up. I wouldn't have agreed, but I would have put it up. I want to change the narrative. You think you'll let me get on the bullhorn and give a prayer? You hear me? I want the bullhorn so I can pray. See all the officers now, right? Fast forward it just a little bit. Let's see if we can go just like another minute or two. I don't want to take too much time in this. You guys can go watch every moment of it in a little bit. Just break. Yeah, jump 30 seconds. Another one. There you go. You hear him singing Amazing Grace, right? You see now the police, because they're all singing, you see the police, instead of being down on the steps, have moved up to being a non-com... Okay, fast forward it. This is where he cusses. Fast forward through this. Just, just 30 seconds. Skip this twice, maybe. Because he... Yeah. All right. Uh, maybe one more. Right here. Turn it up. So I began to pray over the crowd. You see all the hands up everywhere?
shalom of God to rest on this place. A spirit of peace over every person that's hurting, that's broken, that's offended, that's upset, that feels unheard. Lord, peace for our police officers, peace on our citizens. We declare right now the peace of God. Now you see as I'm praying, they start pushing me forward. Amen. Why were they pushing me forward? This was Andrew Womack. That's his name. Look, they'd open the gates while I was praying. While I was praying, they pushed us up a little bit so they could get the gates open. And we were allowed to, be, to go back into the Lincoln Memorial, peaceful. The police officers pulled back to guard positions. See the officers, yeah, yeah. Elbow bump. <laughs> He's like, yeah, we're doing elbow bumps today. And the officer walked with me. I was able to interview lots of other officers. Fast forward like 10 minutes or so. Just ju ju hit, jump a bunch of times. I want you to see what happened later on in this video if you haven't seen it. Yeah, jump. So the whole thing's open. We're able to go inside peacefully. Jump ahead. More. Keep going. Keep going. I end up talking to one of the officers for a little bit. Jump forward. Keep going. There's a moment outside where I begin. Keep going. He prayed over me and then just a little bit forward more. Past him praying. Oh, no, he prayed a while. <laughs> that, was like, that was like Shoshana praying right there. Okay. But I began to preach a message. So I began to uh, message and people gathered around me and heard the gospel that. They heard the gospel, they applauded, they came by, they shook my hand, people got my information. There's, all, there's a crowd of people behind me that gathered to hear this message preached. Because you can't preach in the memorial, you can't raise your voice in the memorial. But outside I could, I could preach. And people surrounded me, alright, go ahead and kill it. I'm giving a gospel message. Bring the lights up. Yeah. I'm giving a gospel message on the Lincoln Memorial after protesters were ready to push those barricades down and take on the cops again. I want you to see the same thing from the day before was happening. And the difference was when you put Jesus in the middle of it, peace comes. Peace comes. So am I mad about what I saw? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Am I frustrated? Yeah. Am I a little traumatized? Yeah. I'm grieved. My heart is heavy. My lungs are full of tear gas. That's the honest truth. I'm worried about our nation. I'm worried that we've just been taken over. 
I can say this definitively. I don't care what your politics are. I can say this definitively to you. The voice of the good guy never seeks to silence the other side. Never. You can always tell who the righteous ones are because they always want to let the other side be heard. The one that says, we're not here to take anything from you. We just want you to be silenced and not have a voice. It's always the side of evil. It is always the side of evil that says, shut up and don't speak. Why? Because the enemy knows how powerful our words are. They know that we have the authority of heaven in our lips and we better not open them because truth comes out of them. Our founding fathers knew that if we didn't have a country that was open for dispute, that we could fight with each other with our words, that we could argue it against each other and sharpen each other. Iron sharpens iron. If we were in a situation where we were no longer allowed to do that, that would be considered tyranny. That's tyranny. I don't want to live in a world where a Muslim can't practice his faith. I don't. Because I don't want to live in a world where mine is told that I can't either. We have to love and respect the other side. The problem is, is that we have one side saying, you can say it, I'll let you. And the other side says, I won't. And the problem is that we allow, we've allowed media to be controlled by the enemy. It's become a pillar of the God of the air's territory. It holds up his kingdom. The God of the air took the airwaves a long time ago. And Christians have sat by and done nothing about it. The God of the air took over the airwaves of media a long time ago. And Christians stood by and did nothing about it. We can no longer stand idly by and do nothing about it and just complain because we don't like it. That is not a solution. But hey, we got to get to lunch, right? We can't stop and pray. We come to church. American church is this. You come, you hear a few songs to encourage you. And then you listen to the pastor preach a good message. And you're like, that's a good message today, pastor. And you go home. And nobody in the church wars. Nobody in the church breaks down the strongholds of the enemy anymore. Nobody comes together to gather together because it says in the word where one can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. We can't even get up in the air with one. We no longer war for our world. We don't love out loud. And then we wonder why it comes down to this. And we allow patriots to fight battles that Christians should have kept from happening. If this turns into civil war, it's because the church didn't love when they were supposed to because they didn't want to be offensive. We allowed the enemy to paint a narrative that says, you don't talk about politics or religion in good settings. We allowed that to become the truth. When Jesus said this, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Our nation sends more missionaries to every part of the world than any other country on earth. We do, we send them into all the world, but we've abandoned our own society. We're willing to share the gospel with Tanzanians. 
We're willing to take the gospel into dangerous Iran. We have groups of missionaries that go undercover into China to bring the gospel. But we're afraid we'll be offensive at the grocery store for asking someone if we can pray for them. Well, I don't want to offend them. I don't want them to go, no. And we let our missionaries go into countries where their lives are in danger sharing the gospel. I will go to Pakistan this year where my life is in danger sharing the gospel. I had a friend of mine tell me, Ren, when you go to Pakistan, don't take any of those armed gunmen. Don't pay for gunmen. You'll save money. And I'm telling you, God will do more miracles. And I said, what? And he says, you know what? I always say, risk. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Up the risk, up the miracles. So I stood on the steps. And 100 yards away from me, away from the steps of the Capitol, there that man was. 100 yards from me. I'm not calling him out. I'm just saying he told me to take more risk and he stayed 100 yards away in the safe place. I was standing there. Why'd I get tear gassed? Because he told me God would, would do more miracles if I just took more risk. See, we need to be accountable for what we say to people. And if we're gonna say it, we better stand by them when we do it. Our leaders said a lot of things and didn't stand by any of them and left those people out there with no leader. You know, most atrocities of war don't happen when a general is standing there, right? They happen when a group of, of non-officers, no one in charge, get in a, 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 a setting where no one's in charge and they don't know what to do and chaos ensues. And frustration and, and, and the fog of war happens. That's when that stuff happens. And those people are left leaderless. We cannot allow us to surrender to a leaderless church. We can no longer allow ourselves to make the excuse that we're not leaders. Every single one of you under my voice today, what I'm saying to you is, it's time for the church to rise up and be lions and not be sheep. It's not time to be pew sitters and game watchers. It's time to get in the game. It's time for you to be active and outspoken about your faith if we're gonna turn this thing around without bloodshed. That's the truth. Do you want a war or do you want revival? Do you want a war or do you want revival? Revival, revival starts in here. It starts when you refuse to quit praying, to quit praising, and to take your faith seriously. If you don't, it will lead to the ultimate outcome of war on the other side. Or the church can begin to pray and press in and warfare against what's really going on, which is the powers and principalities and rulers of darkness that have corrupted men's hearts. And all they're surrounded by is men who corrupt them even more. Good men went to Washington and stood around being surrounded by corruption. And we wonder why they surrendered to what they were surrounded by. While no Christian voice would ever tell them the truth. We're happy just to meet a politician, not tell him he needs to repent. I'm excited to meet the governor. Well, heaven forbid I should prophesy over him. This pastor will not be a coward. This pastor will not be afraid. This pastor will not pick a political side either. I will only pick the side of the kingdom of heaven. I'm a citizen of heaven before I'm ever a citizen of this country. I, I'm a patriot. I love my country. 
but I'm in love with a man. And his name is Jesus. And I serve his kingdom. And I'm an ambassador of his kingdom. I'm a prince of that kingdom, not this one. And when I represent the laws of that kingdom, I bring heaven to earth. And when heaven comes to earth, heaven's laws supersede America's laws. And when America's laws are superseded by heaven, peace becomes the rule of the land. Hope becomes the rule of the land. Love becomes the rule of the land. Lest we allowed hate and division. I told all those people that were there at the Capitol, I said, I know you're mad, but don't take God out of the center of this. Oh, yeah, no, don't take God out of the center of this. If you allow your anger to remove God from the equation, you are no longer the one that is right. And we will just keep ping-ponging this thing back and forth between political parties like we've always done. I'm mad, I'll vote the other side. I'm mad, I'll vote the other side. And they keep moving it towards a godless agenda. When in your life have you ever seen a political party in your entire life move towards the church instead of away from it? Have you? So where's your allegiance? I'll say it boldly. Donald Trump's the first president I've ever seen in my entire lifetime that ever did more for the, that actually helped the church. He did. You can call him whatever you want. Say anything about his personality you want. Everything he passed was for the church. He was kind to the church. He helped us to be able to say things like this without losing our church. He's the first politician that I've ever seen do something towards God, not just talk about God. All other presidents went to church. They were all Christians. They all prayed. I pray every day while they, every single one of their policies moved away from God, moved us away from church, never once defended the church. The political party will just keep going back and forth and back and forth. And one day you'll wake up and we're in underground churches. Can you see it now? I say that like it's some kind of flamboyant rhetoric, except today it seems like it's actually on us, doesn't it? You have no voice. Big tech says you don't get to speak. You don't get an opinion anymore. We don't want to hear your dangerous Christianity. Your dangerous love of family. Your dangerous use of gender. And what will happen now under this new administration is they will not get rid of Christianity. But what they will do is start to declare what is considered the true church. And we will have state-run church. And you will have woke pastors everywhere who subscribe to the state-run church of a monotheistic God known by many names. And that will be the state-run approved church if the church stays silent. I met with every pastor in Mustang last month before the elections in October. I met with them, and I said, what are you guys going to do to steer your congregations away from all-out war? And they said, what do you mean? I said, well, it's coming. Did you not know this? Every pastor in Mustang, I met with them all, had lunch. And I said, what are you guys going to do? Because this is the first time that I've ever seen the right saying they're going to fight. And I said, I don't think they're playing. It's always been the left that's brought violence. And you guys, I said, I don't know what you're hearing. I said, but I think our church members want to fight. 
I have church members that want to go fight. And they're like, ah, uh, well, you know, we're just telling them that God's got it and, and just, love every, just love your neighbor. Just do something nice for your neighbor. And I said, wake up. I said, do you not realize the right is mad? And there's going to be a conflict. I've seen it. The Lord has showed it to me. Oh, Ren. There is going to be a conflict. The right is not going to sit peacefully by anymore. If something's going to happen, violence is going to break out on the right. And it's going to be the right this time because they're tired of being told to sit down and shut up. And we know you won't do anything because if we just call you violent, you'll back up. Right? All you have to do is come up to me and say, Pastor, you're being a little judgmental. And what will I do? Well, no, no, I'm not, I'm not trying to judge you. I love you. I love you. Right? I'm going to try to back away from making you feel bad. And the right's been doing that. And they know if they just call names, the right will back down. And I told those pastors, I said, but not this time. I see it. They're not backing down. You can call them whatever you want. They're going to, they're going to, if you call them a name, they're going to come after you. Oh yeah, I'm violent, huh? Let me show you violence. That's where we're at. They're no, they don't care about your name calling anymore. Well, don't do anything. You'll just prove them right. I'm done with their mouth. There's a moment. And I said, it's coming. I see it. I hear it. I feel it in my spirit. It's coming. Pastors, what are we going to do about it? Can't wait to find out what they say now. Can't wait to hear their, their conversation now. We had a good talk. We talked into it a little bit. But you could tell they're still like, nah, it ain't going to happen. It's just political drama, like it always is. And I said, not this time. I was right. Not a single one of those pastors here in our city took it seriously or saw it coming. I know I'm going a long time today, but we needed to talk about this. And, and to be honest, I need to get it off my chest because it hurts a little bit. people getting on my Facebook and messaging and saying, Pastor, I appreciate you giving a call for prayer, but we need more than just prayer right now. I was standing on those steps. Where were you? Don't tell me we need to do more than what I was doing. I was there. I stood on there. I put my, my body and my safety and my kid where you wouldn't. I don't need any more keyboard comment warriors. We need people that'll drop to their knees, cry out to God and pray. We need pastors that'll stand up and see what's coming and pray into it and declare it and show the love of God to a lost and dying world so they're not on the wrong path anymore. So we raise up godly leaders. That's what we need. We don't need anybody else complaining about it. We need people that'll do something about it. We need churches in our community that see it and do something about it instead of blowing it off like it doesn't exist. Shame on every one of our churches here for not seeing this. God told me in April, he said, I'm closing the doors of many churches that do not listen to my Holy Spirit. They don't listen to my spirit, they will close and I will send my people where the Spirit still speaks. The Spirit speaks here. The Spirit speaks here. The Spirit of prophecy is alive here. The Spirit of God is alive here. This is a church where God heals. This is a church where miracles show up on the daily. Why? Because we are listening to him. And we are unafraid to stand with people. We are unafraid to pray with people. We are unafraid to boldly declare the power of God is still alive and well. And when the love of God reaches you, it can transform you. 
So I believe that God can still change our nation, just like he did on the Lincoln Memorial. The same officers and the same patriots that pressed up against each other the day before, and, and the media calls a mob and terrorists were praying together and smiling and shaking hands. If you watch my whole video, you'll see officers smiling with people and having conversation through the whole thing. The, the cops didn't leave. They just engaged the crowd. And we became brothers and sisters again. And we became one nation under God again because somebody praised, because somebody prayed with the same people that a day before were leaderless and frustrated and didn't know what to do and are being called terrorists. What if one of our leaders had stood up and prayed and got people to sing Amazing Grace the day before? I tried, and I should have tried harder. I should have screamed until I lost my voice. You will never see me again. Stand there going, well, I'm not the national voice. I will become it in that moment. And I did it at the Lincoln Memorial because I wasn't going to have to hear a report again of a woman being shot of an officer who's probably traumatized right now. I'm not blaming any of the police officers and I'm not blaming any of the people there. I'm not blaming any of them. It was a bad situation and it was scary and it was a fog. It was. You didn't know what was happening until all of a sudden tear gas was in your eyes and you didn't know why. Everyone's just standing there now. There's tear gas. What's happening? Who did something? Get down, get down, get down. Closing your eyes, pulling your mask over. I'm taking my mask that I have down here and I'm pulling it over my eyes and closing my eyes and holding the camera up and saying, stay down, everyone stay down, just stay down and filming it. You'll see that while we're getting tear gassed over and over again because they're mean or because they were caught too. They had no defense between them and those people pushing them. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm blaming us. I'm blaming the church that we allowed our world to get this far because we are because we just, we've settled for, I'll casually invite you to church once, but if you don't go, I'll leave you alone. Is it real enough for you? Or do you need to read about military and citizens in full out gun battles before you'll cry out to God? Do they need to take everything from you? because of your faith and offer you a mark on your hand to buy or sell before you'll cry out to God. What's the moment where we repent? Second Chronicles 7.14, and I'll close with this, says this. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, and I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Trump doesn't need to stay in office for us to heal the land. Republicans don't need to take control of the Senate to heal the land. Big tech doesn't need to be censored. A new law doesn't need to be passed. All of this needs to happen, but that doesn't need to happen to heal the land. There's a lot that should happen on one side, but not to heal our land. Please understand, there's a difference between revival and protecting our, our country. We can have revival in home churches, hiding, or here. So these are two separate issues, what I'm talking about.
we want to see our land healed, we don't need better laws. We don't need better training by our police officers. We don't need better leaders that will inspire us. The Bible says this, if my people, whose people? My people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves. Not our politicians, not our police officers, not our patriots and ex-veterans that were there, not the grandmas that got tear gassed and the men with cane, canes that were getting tear gassed over and over that I saw. 60 and 70 year old women, little Asian girls getting tear gassed, washing their eyes out and going right back up to the front. They don't show you that. My people who are called by my name will humble themselves. We're the ones that need to be humble. We're the ones that need to repent for not doing our job of going out in that world and loving people and letting them to know Jesus. Letting them to see hope. Letting them to experience peace for the first time in their life. Not letting them be dragged into an atheist's outpouring. My people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. So who's going to get humble today? I just want everybody to know, pastor's talking about something that we need to be doing. And I've been doing it every day. It's called the 222 poll. But that's Eastern time, so it's actually 122. Now, this is a number that I'm going to have pastor read. It's a phone number that you can call and these are prophets that are praying about the corruption in this country being turned upside down. <laughs> and uh, if you call this number, these are very humble men. They are prophets. They are tried and true prophets. Dutch Sheets, Clay Nash, these men are spot on. And this is something you can do to enter the fray. So I would like Pastor to give you that phone number so you can write it down. And then I will tell you when you get on that call, they ask for a code, and I will give you the code. Now, your phone will be muted, and there's in, so they're in chaos. But you agree with what these people pray. You hear what the Lord is telling them through these prophecies. And then throughout the day, you can take these and pray them. It's called the synergy of God's people. Amen. We get together and pray, and we're partnering with God. And when we partner with God, because that's the way he's decided he's going to do things through us, then he works and does his will. Come on. So, you know, if anybody wants to do something, believe me, it'll stir you up inside because you're on the front lines. Now, I have a knee I contend with. I can't go to Washington, D.C. and stand, but I can do this. Come on. And we all need to be doing something for the kingdom of God because that is our first citizenship. Amen. Like Pastor said, we are patriots of this country, but we are citizens of the kingdom of God. And if you don't want to someday stand before him and he says, what did you do? Well, uh, I was afraid. Uh, I didn't know what to do. Uh, nobody told me. Well, somebody's telling you, and I love you. God loves you. He wants you to do something so you'll not be ashamed at the judgment seat of Christ. Come on. I'll give you the number to it's, the call. It's the Clay Nash one. 
that number. Tap it, he'll give you the number. It's not giving me the number. Here. That's right. Okay, just get it and we'll announce it. I'll have him put it up on the screen. Do me a favor, take it back to Chris and he'll throw it up on the screen okay, so it's up there forever. That's perfect. Okay. We'll, we'll throw it on the screen so you can write it down, but that's Clay Nash. I've had him on my broadcast, Dutch Sheets. You guys know who he is. Um, praying for our nation. They've been doing that every day, but my people called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Will you pray? Or do you just want me to pray? You want me to give an altar call and everyone raise their hand and then go to lunch? Or do we want to be a people that pray? We're going to gather back here at 6.30 tonight for the after party. And the after party is going to be heavily about prayer. Heavily about pressing in and breakthrough. So at 6.30, we're going to press into this warfare. We're going to press into it right now. But I want you to come, I want to encourage you to come back and be serious and humble yourself. Because here's the humble. This is the church's fault. This is my fault. This is your fault. It's us taking responsibility for not actively sharing our faith. Not actively doing what we were called to do to go out and share the love of God. It's our fault. It's us being humble and saying, you know what? I've never knocked on my neighbor's door and told him about Jesus. If you have never gone next door and told your neighbor about Jesus, this is our fault. If you can't make it 15 feet to your neighbor, this tells you why we have a world like this. If my people call for my name, and don't think I'm passing judgment, just be humble. Be humble. Be humble. And you say, well, I talked to my neighbor. What about the next one? Or did you just stop at the one? Because you shared a fence with him and you needed to get along. What's the moment? What's the moment where we just begin to cry out to God and see our world change? Here's the truth. We have a church that's prophetic here. We're raising up prophets. We have a church that's a healing church. If you've had a prophetic word that's come to pass or you've had a miracle happen in your body through prayer, raise your hand real quick. That's what this church does. If you're new here, look around. That's what this church does. But if we keep it in here, the world just keeps getting worse. We need to take it out there. This is a training center. This is not a church. This is a place where people come to get equipped and sent. That's what this is. An apostolic training center, a place where leaders get raised up, people get equipped, and they get sent to go in the world and make an impact and a change. And I want you guys to take that seriously when you come. And here's how I'll know. Here's how I'll know if you're taking it serious. Not because you send me a story. Here's how I'll know you take it serious. When somebody new is sitting next to you, here, it means you did something out there. Let me be really clear. If you keep coming week after week and nobody new is sitting next to you, it doesn't look like you're doing anything out there. This place should be full just because of what you're doing out there and releasing. Because somebody should say, you changed my life. And then you say, you need to start going to church. Well, where do you go? They can go anywhere they want. They don't have to come here for us to fulfill the Great Commission. It's not about here. But you think if you change five people's lives, one of them would want to come with you. So when I see people sitting next to you, I know that you've been doing something out there. 
get involved with Crystal when she goes out there to pray with people. So into that. Be a part of those opportunities. Otherwise, when they come and they offer you the mark and make you denounce your faith, and you'll say, how did we come to this? You'll say, that pastor told me that it was coming and we needed to do something and I didn't take it very serious. Bow your heads with me. Father in heaven, holy God. God of heaven, hear our appeal today for our nation, God. By the hand of providence, move on our behalf, God. Lord, we humble ourselves today and cry out to you, the holy God of Israel, the holy God of this earth, as the earth cries out with moans and utters and groans, Father, at the evil that's been allowed to soak into our land. God, may we return to a nation under God, to a people for God, that we drive back the wickedness of the enemy. Lord, we humble ourselves and repent for standing idly by and making Christianity a fast food commodity. Trying to find a church that met our needs instead of meeting the needs of heaven. Trying to find somewhere we liked instead of somewhere God called us to. Lord, let us be a people that are called by your name that rise up and go into all the world and fulfill the commission you laid on us to share the gospel of Jesus, the love of Jesus to this world. Lord, let them see the heart through us, your heart for man. Let us come together unified, God, together in one accord, raising up our banners in unity, in voices aloud. Let us not be timid or quiet any longer. Father, we just war for this world. Come on, church, pray with me. We war for this world that has come under the assault of the enemy, of the evil one. Lord, we reject the enemy's lies over us that we have nothing to offer this world. We reject the lies of complacency that we built in our own hearts, that we don't have time to share the love of God, that it's not our job to share the love of God. Jesus, forgive us where we've turned wrong and let our hearts come back to you. We repent, God. We repent, God. We repent, God. Hear our repent. Come and heal our land, Lord. We seek your face. We turn from our evil ways. Our selfishness, our greed, our gluttony. We've made it about us. We've made church about us. But God, it's about our fellow man. We love you and we love others, Father. We promise we'll fulfill the loving others more. Father, heal our land. Hear our cries. Lord, we cry out to you. We pray to you that the devourer would no longer be allowed to devour that the enemy that would come to seek, kill, still, and destroy this country, our families, our faith, our hope, be destroyed in the name of Jesus. 
Lord, that when I am weak, you are strong. And it's not about my strength, but yours. Lord, war on our behalf. Come on the white horse with a sword in your hand and take down the devourer who comes against us. We declare now in the mighty name of Jesus that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And instead, Lord, we stand like David's, unafraid, uncowering, unrelenting in the face of giants against us. And we declare right now in the mighty name of Jesus that he who comes against the name of the Lord shall meet a fatal end. The enemy has no authority in this place or over our nation any longer. And we cry out to this world. We cry out now, it must be saved. It must be saved. That every man, woman, and child will come to the knowledge of the love of Jesus. We declare it, Father. Not only do we pray, but we put faith into it. We put action into it, Father. We promise and we make a declaration right now that we won't just pray. We'll be people that go and do, Father. We share the love of God with everyone. That we'll be unafraid, Father. Father, hear us. Hear us, O oh Lord. Hear our cries today. Hear our cries today. And come. And come answer them. Send. Send your angels your ministering angels to heal our land. Come, O oh warring angels, to fight against the darkness. Father, we just declare and decree as we press into your presence, Father, that, that you alone would stand glorified, that you alone would stand magnified and lifted high and exalted in this place, God. We don't seek for our own glory, but for yours, Father. Let your glory come in the mighty name of Jesus. Let your glory come in the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Father, thank you, Father. We declare that every evil agenda of an evil government be exposed in the name of Jesus. Come on, church, pray that with me. We declare that every evil agenda of corruption and darkness in a government be exposed. That every evil agenda and darkness in the church be exposed. That the state church be exposed. That the, sh the wolves that are amongst the sheep be exposed. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I declare for a full undoing and unmasking of every plan and purpose of the enemy against the church right now. That your bride shall stand unblemished, Father. Father, come and take us. Claim your bride, Father. Let us be unblemished. And that everything that's been veiled against the church will be destroyed right now. Every weapon built to assault the church will be brought to its knees right now and destroyed. I tear down every stronghold, every foothold of the enemy against the church and the government in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for every righteous politician to rise up. I pray for every righteous military to rise up. I pray for every righteous police officer to rise up. I pray for every single righteous church member to rise up and let their voice have power and authority to shake this earth. 
Lord, I pray for revival to be loosed in the hearts of man, for a fire and love of God to be set loose back in our hearts, God. We declare right now that every plan and purpose of the enemy to stop the stirring of the anointing of God on our lives is broken in the mighty name of Jesus. And I release more anointing in this room over every person to have the boldness and faith to stand up for the gospel. Revelation tells us that when it's time for the mark of the beast, that God will give us supernatural power to resist. And I declare right now that that power that you give us then is available now. That we don't have to wait for a revelation. We don't have to wait for an end time to have that kind of boldness now. And I declare right now the boldness of God to be on these people. That you light a fire of boldness into their heart to stir, Father. That nothing that they do, nothing the world can do will make them deny you. There are no consequences against the people of God in the mighty name of Jesus. They can't take away our voice. They can't take away the following. They can't take away the finances and stop us or shut us up. They can't take away our statuses or our buildings and stop us and shut us up. In the mighty name of Jesus, I declare that every warring angel available to us is released right now to war on our behalf. And we declare that every plan against our lives come against us is destroyed. I declare right now that the spirit of depression is broken in this room. But the spirit of joy is released in this room. That as we war against enemies on this earth, God laughs in the heavens. So we rejoice with him, knowing full well that he brings the victory. And that as our banners are raised, as we worship him, as we pray to him, that as we arrive at the battle, the battle is already won. Oh, spirit of the living God. As my people seek my face, I go before them and in front of them. That I shall be a wall of protection, says the Lord. And in the days coming, the remnant will rise. And I see a great enemy, a wolf the size of ten, standing before the remnant in the church. And the Lord says, you shall fear not the wolf, for I have already tamed it with my mighty hand. And the people of God can freely pass by as the wolf is leashed. See the remnant of God pass by this wolf and march into the promised land that God is preparing for us. There is a promise yet to come and too many of God's peoples are standing yet I see as the remnant begins to pass by there are those that will not go by because they are terrified of the wolf. Although the wolf is on a leash they are afraid that it might be freed and so they stand back and cower. And as I stand there, I see the ground beneath them begin to crumble and break. And there are those that even though the ground is crumbling, they are more afraid of the wolf than the crumbling ground. And they are swallowed by the ground. And says, lo, lo, lo unto you, the Lord says, those that will not move forward will be swallowed. My heart grieves for those I see being swallowed. The Lord says victory is merely around the corner from the wolf. So Lord, expose all the wolves in our midst that are screaming to the crowd, stay back, stay back, it's too dangerous. I hear those in the crowd saying, stay back, stay back, and convincing those to stay back in the crumbling ground. Lord, expose those wolves 
that we might press forward into victory. And I see as they move forward past the line and they enter the city, there's been a banquet set up before them. And I see food all over the table prepared before them. And the Lord says, the blessing that's coming on the house of my people, the house of Israel, will never pass away from this earth again. That we are in a season of feasting that is coming to you this year for those that will go past the enemy, that are not afraid to take him on. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I see the Lord say, feast and eat for there's work to do. That this feast is not a place to, to camp, but it's rather a moment to refresh, restore, and get back to work. I see the, the, the remnant coming back around to the broken ground and begin to reach their hands down and begin to pull those that have been swallowed by the earth back up. And the Lord says this, you'll know it's revival when those that have seen victory begin to give victory to others. That our job is to go and rob hell. Our job is to go and rob hell. We don't surrender a single bit of ground to you, enemy. Satan, you're defeated and under our feet. Get thee behind me. And I see the remnant as they walked past the wolf, as the wolf growled and snared and snarled and chomped. The remnant never turned around to look at him. They put the enemy behind him and there was no victory. Though, though the enemy looks huge and daunting and undefeatable, the remnant of God will be able to pass by unharmed. I see a remnant of angels. I see a, a legion of angels, excuse me, standing in the heavenlies. I see them just floating above us. And they're all, they're all flapping their wings in unison and hovering just above us. And I hear one of them say, we're waiting for the war cry. We're waiting for the war cry to be released, but they're all in position and waiting. They're just above they're not in the heavens waiting to be called down, but they are in position. They are not just standing by waiting for orders. They are literally hovering in the air waiting for release. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we release your warring angels to make war against the dark one, to make war against the darkness in the name of Jesus. We shout and declare right now with a voice of triumph that angel armies are being released to war on our behalf. In the name of Jesus. Glory! We release it in the mighty name of Jesus. We declare that thundering from heaven, that the warring angels of heaven be released to make war. We war against every power and principality, every ruler of darkness. We come against the throne of this world, the throne of America, the dark throne of America, the, the demonic principality that rules over America. We call you powerless. We strip your power. We take your legs in the name of Jesus. And we silence the enemy's voice in the name of Jesus. That it shall not be the church's voice that's silenced, but it shall be the enemy's voice that's silenced. We are in the decade of pay, the decade of the mouth, and no weapon formed against us shall silence our voice. 
No weapon formed against us shall silence our voice. Isn't it ironic that the decade of the mouth is when they've come to take our mouth away? They've come to take our voice away in the Hebrew calendar's decade of the mouth. And I declare right now that the assault on the church will not prevail. That the church will only be unleashed in more strength and power than it ever was before. And I say to those that receive this in the mighty name of Jesus, I see a fire coming from heaven over you right now. Just put your hands out if you want to receive that in the name of Jesus. I declare the fires of heaven coming. And I see in them supernatural gifts to stand in this moment supernatural understanding and wisdom coming to know how to pray church the lord says i'm giving you a download of strategy and blueprints that will teach you how to pray and war in this dark hour he says i was not caught off guard by this i was not caught off guard by this but it was my church that was caught off guard because they were not praying and seeking my will oh wow lord he says, the church has sought my love, but not my will. They've sought my presence, but not my power. The church that wins tomorrow will be the one that seeks it all. He says that nothing is exclusive about me. You cannot have my love without my power. You can't have my love without my justice, says the Lord. You can't have my mercy and grace unless you're willing to have all of me. The time has come for me to call my bride to all of myself and no longer just a piece of me. I hear the Lord say it breaks his heart that the church only wants parts of him only wants a piece of him. They want visitation and not cohabitation. Let our hearts be for you, God. Let our hearts stand boldly. And Lord, as we are frustrated in this moment, frustrated in what's happening, let us not take our eyes off of you, who's our first love. And without you, love has no value. Lord, we love you. Lord, we love you. We love you, Lord. I raise a hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah. Oh, I raise a hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah. Sing that with me. I raise a hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah. Lord, we sing hallelujah to the God who is able, to the God who is capable. Jesus, thank you for a church that was not quick to leave today. 
that lingered in your presence for more time than we normally do. <laughs> Lord, thank you that our date night doesn't have to be punctual. I don't know about a single one of you, but ladies, I think you'd all be mad if your husbands try to take you on a date and said it's time to leave dates over. When is the church going to realize that we're the bride and he's our groom and love doesn't rush each other and it doesn't say date night's over. In fact, when it gets good, date night keeps going. sit down, I remembered that this number is getting ready to be changed because they're expanding that service because so many people are getting on a thousand. Yeah. So the way to find out what the number is. The, the I'll, I'll, number, um, I'll, I'll post it on my, okay. um, on all my stuff. Clay-nash.org. Yeah. I'll make and sure everyone's informed. And you'll always have what you need to do. If there's anybody that's not on our mailing list, just go to ffc.church and make sure to sign up on our um, email list so that we have your email and we'll email you out information on how we can pray. But we need to be diligent. This can't be a Sunday morning thing anymore, guys. This can't be a Sunday morning thing. Yeah. Don't just go to church. Be the church. Can we change and can we be that? Here's what I would say. I'm not asking you. I'll never ask you guys to do something I'm not willing to do. We went like well over an hour over service today. But you know, sorry, not sorry. I'm not asking any of you guys to go stand and get tear gassed with me. I'm not asking you not to. I'm just saying. I didn't go to get tear gassed, I didn't go to protest. I went to pray for people. And because I released those words, I thought that I should be there. I thought if I said stuff that inspired people that are going, in fact, several of the people that went from California was because of some of the prophetic words I released, I probably should go with them and be accountable. There's a moment now where the Lord is asking you, you want more, but are you willing to do more? Oh man, how many of you guys want to have a good prophetic word? Anybody want to have an awesome prophetic ministry? You want to be able to prophesy over everyone and tell them their birthdays and stuff? Okay. You want to be able to lay hands on people and see them get healed? Anybody want that? It comes with a responsibility to lead. If I'm going to release a prophetic word, I better stand up for that word and stand with those people. So no one can say, Pastor, you said, you said what was going to happen. You said that a Trenton you know, victory. You saw, you saw George Washington and that there was a victory coming and we went and tried to go get that victory. You were wrong. No, what they get to say is you stood there with us. Thank you. Thank you for standing. Maybe we handled that wrong. Maybe we misunderstood how to get that victory. I don't know. It's not done yet. Here's what I will tell you. I will not apologize for a single prophetic word that I've released until I'm sure I heard wrong. And I will tell you this, if any of the words that I've released are wrong, I will apologize immediately. 
If you guys listen to me long enough, you know that I purposely try to get it wrong. (laughs) It is a weighty responsibility to walk in the power and authority of God and to hear from him and release words that cause people to turn directions and lead them in a direction. You better make sure it's the right one. So count the costs. But here's what I want to say to you. Count the costs. But they're worth it. The cost is worth it, I promise. One last thing before I release you guys. And and you guys are released to continue to pray or come back here at 6.30 and continue to pray with us. I mean, this altar doesn't have to quit. If there's still a burden on your heart, then come pray for each other. Our altar call team will be here if you need prayer. If you need personal prayer, they'll be here. We'll still pray for you. If you need a healing in your body, come on. Let's let Jesus win. Hallelujah. But I heard that New York was imposing more heavier, stricter lockdowns. And we're defying the Supreme Court's orders on churches. Okay? So the Supreme Court said that New York couldn't lock down the churches anymore. And, they, and California and New York have both said, we don't care what the Supreme Court says. So next week I will be in New York. I'm going to go to dangerous places. And it's not because I don't love you guys and want to be here with you. It's because I love you guys. It's because I'm going to go and step into places where I'm forced to rely on God and hear from him. So I have something to bring you back fresh from heaven. I'm going to go into places when I tell you to go to your neighbor and show him the love of God where you can't say, well, pastor, what are you doing? I'm going to go into places where darkness is and shine my light because I believe that God has given me a platform now to do that. And if you want this pastor to have anything to give to you, anything to release to you, more than just the local carry you through the week till next week broken you, then you have to let me go. You have to let me go and come back. I will come back, I promise. But you have to let me do both. You have to trust that I'm raising up leaders and voices in this house. You have to let them grow. And you have to encourage them. And you have to step up and be equippers and prayers and doers so that this house can make an impact on the world. I've said for years, we're going to change the world. And everyone cheered and clapped. And then I started to go do it. And everyone says, but we miss you. This is what this was always going to look like. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay right here. And when I'm here, I'm raising you up. I'm raising you up from sheep to lions. I'm raising you up from sheep to eagles. I'm raising you up into dangerous citizens of heaven. So take the instruction from those I've raised up already and then be here and available when I raise you up. But more than that, go out there and change someone's life and bring them here so they can be raised up. This place is going to fill up so that we can raise up. Amen? So today I want you to go with the shalom of God. I want you to go with the peace of God, the joy of God to cover you and your family as you go. Do not be dismayed or depressed, but rather laugh like God laughs in heaven. That the plans and the purposes of the enemy, although severe and serious, are definitely a laughing matter in the kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. So I love you. God loves you. Shalom. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. 
We want to pray for you. Send us a message with your prayer requests through Facebook or email and let us know how we can pray for you today. Also, let us know how this message impacted your life. I love you. God loves you. Shalom.